Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Path to Abundant Living. I am your host, moderator Ryan Ruff, and as always, we have our stars of the show, and Mr. Matt Nordman and Scott Morrison of Morrison Nordman and Associates that will be joining me. We're going to be unpacking another wealth management-related topic. That's what we cover here on the show. And today we've got a really interesting one to talk about. It's a topic that we're not everybody gets excited about talking about it, but it is one that's worth mentioning, and that is... Let's face it, many of us are getting older, and as we age, the, you know, the chance really of experiencing some cognitive decline, maybe minor, but sometimes major, can pop up in your lives. So today, Matt, Scott, and I are going to be examining different ways to potentially safeguard your assets and safeguard your wealth overall from any wealth-destroying mental money moves that you might make and, and you know, put some of those safeguarding moves in place beforehand to you know, cut off any chance of those wealth-destroying mistakes you could make along the way given any cognitive decline that could pop up in your life. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Scott and Matt onto the show today to get right into it. Scott, Matt, it's good to see you guys this morning. How are you doing? Doing well, Ryan. Good to see you, Scott. Nice to morning, see you. Morning, Ryan. Hi, Matt. Morning, fellas. Morning. Uh, guys, this is, you know, it, it's a tougher topic to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about getting older, but it's something we're all going to do, right? We're going to age. It's tough to admit it, but the fact is that many people do tend to lose their, their ability to make well-informed decisions as life goes on. Maybe they're experiencing what I just mentioned, that cognitive decline. Matt, give me your opening thoughts on this topic. You know, uh, it's not an easy one, but it's one that's worth talking about. Sure, Ryan. You know, you said it right away. None of us really wants to think about losing our mental edge later in life. And it's something that we all need to consider. You know, commonly people experience that degradation of their financial decision-making abilities in that quote-unquote mental sharpness, you know, beginning sometime in their 60s or 70s. And so when you consider there are over 10,000 uh, Americans, baby boomers are turning 65 every day, and they'll all hit that age by 2030. You know, the issue of cognitive decline and its potential impact on wealth, it's a truly serious issue many of us may need to contend with in the future. Sure, sure. Uh, so Scott, in your experiences as a wealth manager, you know, working in the financial services sector, Scott, have you seen firsthand, you know, what a loss of that mental sharpness can really do and mean when it comes to making these these decisions about our wealth and maybe other financial related matters? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, as I age, my book ages, uh, my book of clients. And so I, I have found myself, uh, um, you know, working with more and more clients with these kind of issues. Um, and it's not surprising because, you know, academics have, have been telling us that, you know, our, our ability to be stewards of our wealth is likely to decline as we reach our 60s and 70s, as Matt had alluded to. And that, that's across all demographics, you know, sex, education, income levels, none of it's discriminating. Um, it, it essentially, it, it affects uh, all of us. And our financial decision-making peaks for most of us when we're when our early to mid-50s. So, uh, you know, while our investing skills can decline sharply in our 60s and 70s, uh, you know, that, that can be um, a difficult uh, thing to address, uh, to admit, to look in the mirror and to know that we have to address it. Um, and that's evident by the rise of bankruptcies that we see amongst 65 years and older. So as you might guess, uh, even though you know, mild declines in our cognitive performance can, can result in diminished financial decision-making, 
um, we have the tools and we have the resources and we have the family around us that we can put a plan together. All right, let's let's get into some of the nuts and bolts, guys, of that plan that you just mentioned, Scott. So, Matt, what would you say people can really do to potentially mitigate that risk of making a you know a, a mental error that could literally and figuratively cost them? Great question. You know, Ryan, the one foundational key is to start as early as you can. You know, the ideal time to be thinking about how to protect your assets and 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 properties and everything from the impact of this cognitive decline is well in advance of when the need arises. You know, someone, someone gave me the analogy of, okay, if you wanted a, a 30 foot oak tree in your front yard, when would you, when would you put the acorn in the ground? And somebody said, well, 30 years ago, of course, well, we can't go back. So when's the next best time today? So, you know, Scott was talking about all the, the data, the information. And so really you kind of look at, you know, during your 40s and 50s, for most of us, before you're staring down dementia or another type of cognitive health crisis, you know, the, the fact is you, you can't make a legally binding document, a will, set up any other legal documents, you know, power of attorney and trust, unless you're considered to be, quote, unquote, of sound mind, which essentially means you understand the consequences of your decisions and you act of your own free will. And if you wait until that cognitive decline has clearly taken root, your ability to put legal documents and strategies in place, it may be denied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so guys, when you do get started, hopefully it is on that earlier side, Scott, what are the steps that most people should be considering? Well, simplification. I mean, just simply making your financial life a little bit easier to understand. Um, it can be easier to track your, your, your finances by starting to consolidate your accounts. Uh, for example, you might start to put, uh, you know, most of your investments, if not all of them with that one trusted advisor, uh, you can merge multiple bank accounts into one, like other parts of your life, you know, reducing clutter, uh, helps and it can only help you when you're, when you're suffering from the onset of any kind of dementia. So and, it, and it's really even most important to the person who's going to be charged with helping you later. So that family member or that advisor who may inherit, um, you know, the, the responsibility to look over, you know, look after yourself uh, financially is going to, is, you know, that simplified plan is going to help uh, dramatically. Another way to, to consider uh, simplifying your financial life is to emphasize investments and other uh, you know, financial solutions that are relatively straightforward, easy to understand, try to avoid products that have a lot of different moving parts and a lot of riders and, and just, you know, things where one interplays off the other and where cognitive functioning would, you know, make it difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And, and Scott, you just mentioned, you know, family members and advisors, Matt, I'd want to I want to go back and touch on that, because that's a really important part of this, this moment, this moment in time where cognitive decline might be creeping in. Matt, how important would you say it is to be open, you know, about your financial situation and your and your wishes for your finances moving forward? When thinking about this issue of a cognitive decline, like how, how open should that communication be with your trusted advisors and, you know, any family members that might be assisting along the way? You know, Ryan, with your, with your trusted advisors, you should be as transparent as possible. You know, you really need to have those clarifying conversations. And when it 
comes to family, you know, so you want to sit down with the people that you'd want to help you navigate through life if your capacity to make decisions becomes diminished, you know, identify who will help you make sensible financial healthcare and other decisions. If there's a serious mental or physical health issue, you know, I, I use my own example. My father passed away a little over seven years ago, but he had the conversation with us where we all never forget. We went to PF Chang's sat around the table with me and my siblings and spouses. And he said, this is what I would like to see happen when I'm not here. And it was extremely helpful. He did lay out exactly. And so that's where you kind of go, okay, do you, do you share exactly what the accounts are worth or what the properties are? That's, that's a personal thing, but as long as they know, you know, what your wants are and your needs and values that, that you share with all those people. And if your, your future caregivers and decision makers know today about your goals, as well as how you want to be helped in the future, they can prepare themselves to honor your wishes. You know, as, as you dive deeper into the topic, come up with a, a plan, a caretaking plan that spells out when you want a family member or trusted advisor to step in and take the reins. You know, it, it might be a good time to open up, like we were, like I was saying, share some of the aspects of your financial situation, maybe some of the strategies or plans that you have, and you can share them with your, your heirs or your beneficiaries. That way they understand what you were thinking about when you made these decisions back in the day. And so you might even consider allowing them to maybe monitor some of your accounts through a financial portal that kind of consolidates all your accounts so they can be watchful for any potential transfers or withdrawals that look suspicious. Because again, most people don't know they're in cognitive decline and it's, it's hard to monitor that. And so having that person or people in place to help you is, is extremely important. No, absolutely. So uh, thanks for touching on that, because the, the issue of family and advisors here is a very, very important one. But guys, I want to take one more step even further into this conversation and get into the true legalities that pop up here. Scott, what are the different types of formal documents or legal steps that people need to be considering when when entering this this realm of conversation? Well, obviously, these documents are where your intentions really meet up with your execution. And uh, if you haven't already set up your documents, you know, it's, it's definitely time. Uh, and that would also mean that if you do have documents, it's time to review them. So uh, obviously, a will is a key document that you should have in place in the event that you experience serious uh, physical and cognitive decline. But, but there's often uh, others that are overlooked and uh, rarely updated, such as a dur durable power of attorney, uh, where essentially you appoint one or more people to manage your financial assets if necessary. Uh, because without that durable power of attorney, no one can really legally handle any of your, of your financial duties, like paying your bills or just making decisions about your investment accounts. Instead, you know, your family would, would have to go through a lengthy and perhaps expensive court process. Uh, so having that durable power of attorney in place is, is extremely important. Uh, I think the next would, would be the healthcare directives. Uh, typically, these documents spell out the clear directions to your family members and the physicians about the health decisions and related matters uh, that you may face. Uh, these directives can remove your family from having to make those very emotionally charged uh, decisions, you know, around life and death choices. Uh, the health directive is going to act uh, 
you know, as a living will, which formalizes your wishes, you know, when that end of, of life uh, situation arises, like whether or not you're going to utilize uh, surgery or ventilators or feeding tubes and the like to keep, uh, you know, extending your life. Uh, and then the other would be the, the healthcare power of attorney, which essentially is someone who's going to have access, you're giving them the authority and the access to medical records so that you can uh, have somebody making medical, medical decisions on your behalf when you're not able to do so. And then lastly, uh, the living trust, uh, that's a revocable living trust that can allow you to name a, a successor trustee to take control of the assets in the trust if you become mentally or physically incapacitated. Uh, the trustee can invest the assets as well as distribute money from the trust to benefit you as the grantor or any other beneficiaries, such as members of your family. Sure, sure. Three really big ones there, Scott. I love that. And and guys, you know, we talk a lot about the do's on this show, but I think it's equally as important to focus on some of the don'ts, especially in this situation. So Matt, would you say there are any mistakes or really steps that people are, are overlooking when it comes to this time? Or maybe even it's just something that they didn't overlook. They just didn't implement it as well as they could have. Any Anything on this front that you could mention for us today? Well, something that's really one step that's easy to ignore is once you have all these documents, well, compile them, all these documents and other important financial information so other people can access them easily, right? If you have them stored on a, a hard drive or in a safe that, you know, that's encrypted or, you know, has a combination that nobody can get into, well, it's not going to do anybody any good. So make sure people know where they are and they can access them. So if they need to help in making those financial decisions on your behalf, it's you want to make it as easy as possible so they can step into that role and to that end start compiling that comprehensive inventory of your financial your key financial information you know tell someone you trust whether it's the attorney family member wealth manager where to find this paperwork or if it's on your computer you know where that digital file is located you know the the specific information you compile will depend on the details about your financial situation, but you know you should include your assets. You know, bank accounts, checking, saving, investment accounts, annuities, any business interests you have, real estate, your beneficiary designations on your qualified plans or your IRAs. You know, do you have a mortgage? Do you have credit card debt? Do you have any recurring expenses? Do you have life insurance? Do you have long-term care insurance, disability insurance, any other policies? You know, the contact information for all the key people that I was referencing and, and your advisors, your accountant, your wealth manager, your lawyer, even your physician, that digital information, passwords, IDs, pins, anything like that. And then the location of your most up-to-date will with an original signature, durable power of attorney, deed for the house, car title, and any safe deposit boxes or keys or anything like that one one quick story my father had a safety deposit box and we went through a lot of stuff and he we were really prepared as much as you can be prepared when a loved one passes away the one thing that he didn't share with us was his safety deposit his safety deposit box key so in that instance then you got to get it drilled and it cost almost 300 dollars to get it drilled to find out what's in that and turns out there were some important documents in there so the just ask and, and really make sure that you're pretty clear with your wishes and, and someone can find all the information in, a, in one place. 
Oh, no, no, that's great. And Matt, again, I appreciate you, you know, sharing your personal experiences with this. Um, guys, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head, I think it's really worth bottom lining it here for everybody today. I think I think it's uh, it's apparent that there's there's good news here. And the good news is that there is so much that can be done right now, not tomorrow, right now, uh, that can set somebody up for success. And, and in the event that maybe cognitive decline does come into play, Scott, would you care to share any any final thoughts with us, you know, uh, just for for takeaways for anybody here today with us? Well, uh, I think the simple thing would be that as long as we're alive, we're going to get older, right? So uh, the unpleasant truth is that many of us may suffer some form of cognitive decline and that we're going to need some help. And uh, we need to kind of take that hard look in the mirror and, and plan for that. So being honest with ourselves about this as a possible outcome and then taking some action steps aimed at minimizing the potential for mental mistakes that affect our wealth, uh, working in partnership with our family and our trusted advisors to do so. Uh, you know, we can seek to protect the assets we worked so hard to grow and, uh, and build in our lives. You know, and guys, to that end, for anybody out there in our audience who, you know, they're listening to this conversation, maybe it's really resonating with them because maybe they themselves are approaching that or they know of somebody that is. And they're interested in reaching out to you and your team to just talk maybe through some of the things and the processes that we talked about and these items that should be compiled uh, when this, if, you know, cognitive decline pops up. What would be the best way they could get in touch with your team to just open up a conversation and, and see where it leads? Well, we would invite uh, anyone to find our contact information at our website at morrisonnordman.com. Uh, of course, there you'll find our phone number. Uh, there's both a toll-free number and a local number. It's 517-333-7967. And you'll find our email contacts there as well. Hope you reach out and uh, ask these kind of questions. All right. Fantastic, Scott. Well, hey, gentlemen, I look, I really appreciate you carving some time out of your day to, to jump on and talk about this this topic. It's again, it's not an easy topic to talk about, but it is one that is worth addressing because, uh, hey, we're all going to go through it in some way, shape or form. Uh, but no, appreciate you guys being with us and uh, looking forward to being back with you on the next one. Sounds good, Ryan. Have a great day. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Thank you, guys. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, and thank you, our audience, for jumping aboard and being with us here on the show today. If you took anything away from it, you benefited from today's conversation, go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you check us out on. That way you never miss out on a future conversation here on this show. You know, I've said it once, I'll continue to say it. We're taking the same strategies, the, the solutions, the conversations, really, that Scott and Matt are having with their clients over at Morrison Nordman, and we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. So by subscribing, you'll never miss out on a great topic and a great conversation. So for Matt, for Scott, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on today's installment of Path to Abundant Living. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors. Morrison, Nordman & Associates and Securities America are separate entities. All investing involves risk, including the possible risk of principal. 